Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I am John. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm looking at my screen, guys. I am the other John Fletcher. Do you guys know the real John Fletcher? I do now because you you talked about him. Yeah, I uh, I got tagged this morning on Facebook by one of our colleague colleagues and friends. Uh, uh, the real John Fletcher was the guy John Wesley picked to sort of succeed him when he passed away. Uh, yes. uh, the, the quote that always just right stays with me is that John Wesley, his walls were stained with prayer, right? Oof. So he's always been my my uh, my sort of hero. John Wesley's cool, but John Fletcher, that cat is actually I have a book that he wrote too up here somewhere. But uh, anyway, so but I'm not that John Fletcher. I'm this John Fletcher, who I think had yeah. better hair than the original John Fletcher. But um, certainly but more alive. Yeah, the only reason you were named <laughs> most after, days. Most the days. only reason you were named after John Fletcher, Fletcher was simply because you came later. That's right. That's all. That's the only reason. <laughs> and I'm here with Mr. Fish, uh, Tom Tarver. Still got the fish behind you. I love it. I love that it's a moving background. It brings a lot to brings, to... brings life. Yes. Yes. When, when we're kind of. Yeah. When you start nodding off, we can see the fish moving. At least there's some activity and things going. Tom, how are you, brother? I'm I'm doing very well. Thanks, John. You're good. And of course, we're here with our good friend, Bradley DeHaven. Bradley, what's going on over there at St. Luke's? Just hanging out, man. We're just hanging out, talking about Jesus. That's all we're talking doing. About Jesus. About do, you, Jesus. do you remember what you preached yesterday? I do. I do. I do. I preached on uh, the doctrine of the atonement. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Like earth shattering. It was, and there was only three snores that I heard <laughs> and one loud yawn. And two of them came from me, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, I think one of them was mine, but I don't remember which it was the honor. The... Anyway. I've been thinking about an atonement sermon. Uh, of mm -hmm. course, Lent is the appropriate time. I just, it just hasn't come my way yet. But uh, yeah, atonement. Very good. Good for you. I've been doing right. a whole series during Lent on the Nicene Creed and mm -hmm. just reminding ourselves it's that waking from doctrinal amnesia. You know, oh, that I remember that book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been thinking about a Nicene Creed summer series or something been right. working with our youth for confirmation and stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe we just go with the short creed, the Apostles Creed instead. You know, we get done yeah. earlier. So we can do the very first creed. It's only three words. Jesus is Lord. There it is. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. Very good. And thank the women for that for yeah. giving us that right. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. So uh, I don't have any funny stories this week. Uh, not because I didn't try. It's just, I guess there's nothing funny happening in the world right now. I don't know. Um, but I did a little, you know, looking, not quite digging, but didn't find anything. So I figured we're going to have to rely on ourselves, guys, to bring the funny and strange. Now, I will say, here at uh, on Comanche Street, this has been a lively spot. <clears throat> Last uh, two mornings, uh, we had a guy try to start a fire outside um, yesterday morning. So fire truck was here early in the morning. Wow. Uh, we had an accident this morning at the four-way stop <laughs> here at the 
here at our corner here. And then it happens occasionally uh, throughout the week, but never this early. I was here pretty early this morning and uh, just two guys, they were walking down. Boy, they were they were having a lively conversation. Let's just say that. So there's your bold and exciting news from Comanche Street here in Corpus Christi. Well, this past week here at St. Luke's, we had a, an O.J. Simpson police chase come right by the church. Slow speed, but about eight or nine patrol cars chasing, sirens blaring, lights going at almost breakneck speed of 22 mile an hour. Wow. Wow. Finally caught him somewhere. I don't remember out off of, of Staples or Alameda or something something down the further end toward uh, Louisiana street, but uh, yeah, go figure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was somebody that was been running from, uh, they lost track of him in, in, uh, uh, out in Cal Allen and caught up with him over here and have no idea how or why or wherever, but I gotta get away. I'm going to Brad's church. That's right. That's right. He didn't (laughs) stop. I mean, if he just stopped, I could have said sanctuary, you know, think about it, you know, so. Uh-huh. Do they even know that anymore? Does people know that that concept of sanctuary anymore? I don't know. So if you're on the run and you want to be safe, go to St. Luke's United Methodist Church and call for sanctuary and Brad will take care of you. Sure. Do they do they don't do like uh high speed chases anymore, do they? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They do. I thought they kind of stopped doing that for the most part. Depends on the on the the circumstances. Uh some cities don't. Uh, because of the the threat to injury for other people, you know, sure. and other drivers and stuff. But uh, no, they want to get you. They're going to get you. And they go all out trying to do that. So there's a lot of those <laughs> watch videos of it online. It's just it's bizarre how they chase people 110, 120, 150 mile an hour. It's just. Wow. OK. <laughs> yeah. I, don't wa- I don't watch those videos, Brad. I only watch educational things. Well, this is educational. Learn how to take a corner on two wheels. And and after, you know, a hundred some odd miles an hour, you know, fence posts disappear and trees disappear. (laughs) Just kind of wild. So you just get that zoned in, you know. Anyway. Um, Have you ever been in a high-speed chase? (laughs) On his bicycle. On his bicycle. I was thinking, I was thinking. uh, It's a dog, Jason. I've got pulled over for high speed, but uh, uh, yeah. I did not continue at, mm-hmm. at that rate. Yeah. Okay, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> and I was going to a hospital. This was up in Wisconsin, and there's always this, this where I was going has a hill, that a, a big hill. And so I just take my foot off the off the pedal and uh, and let it, yeah, in fact, I take over. Put, it, put it into neutral. But by the time I get to the bottom of the hill, I'm I'm going way too fast, and of course that's when I got caught is on one of those occasions. So I kind of stopped doing that um, when I was uh, when I was going to that particular city to visit. Very good, very good. All right, so I do have something uh, we want to talk about. Uh, an article here. Uh, the title of the article is "Did a company actually trademark?" worship leader and of course the answer to the question is 
Yes, a company did. Now, this this came out uh, a few days ago, and when it first came out, it was kind of it was everywhere, and people were like, "Oh my goodness!" And what what came out was the article um, of a company who trademarked the the term, the phrase "worship leader," sent a cease and desist uh, letter to a I don't know somebody on Instagram, somebody on so- social media. Uh, and then it got churches talking. When I saw it, a lot of people were sharing online. It was like, oh, my gosh, well, they're coming after the churches. And, you know, you can't call yourself a worship leader if you're leading worship on a Sunday morning or any other time. Uh, but there's a little more to it than that. Not, it's not quite as exaggerative. Uh, there was indeed or there is indeed an account that this company went after uh, because they have trademark worship leader because it's a part of their uh ministry they're part of their company uh i think it's a it's the it's the name of their magazine worship. magazine yeah, yeah website and and they offer resources on you know just like how to lead worship right and that kind of stuff and so there was an account that would that they felt was uh trying to impersonate them and maybe give them a bad name i'm not quite sure and so they did send that letter so the three uh, people here who served or have do serve as worship leaders, if we use that term, we're, we're going to be okay. Is that right, Brad? Sure. Absolutely. They're not, not going to come after you, are they? Well, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. We're not well, taking off of that title. Yeah. One of the things I would say is, is like a lot of, lot of titles, it draws you in you, and you're thinking one thing. And then as you read the article, you go, uh, it's, you know, it's a reasonable stance that they're they're taking, and and you know, this kind of speaks to 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 the nature of our world. Is is you'll see you'll just see the high uh, the sure. the the title or the headline, but you won't read the article. And almost always, if you get into the article, you go, oh, okay, I understand. Not that big a deal, yeah. No, it's not that big a deal. And in, the, in the, this particular case, yeah. They were going after one particular person on Facebook who was they the word I think was that they used to describe it impersonating, uh, you know, right. the the company and 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 Facebook's response was to knock out I think six additional accounts right. because of the use of that word and and that and they said no no just this one person you can you know you can restore the other six so. Yeah. So it's not like if you are a worship leader or if you ask someone to be a worship leader for this coming week, you're going to get in trouble or anything like that. It's not. It's just trademark copyright stuff is kind of weird. I learned that uh, several years ago. Uh, I have signed off all of my emails. Uh, I do daily devotional. I sign it off the same way. I have used the same sign off since about the year 2002 i think i tell everybody stay blessed mm-hmm. and i remember oh, i'm a little shirt people know that they know it's me and i uh used amazon to get it done and amazon rejected and i thought that's weird well guess what that is a trademark uh a name of a company wow. and they sell merchandise and they do other kind of stuff and you know what? They beat me to it. That's just kind of how it works. And if I were to try to sell stuff with that name, um, even though I've been doing it since 2001, you guys only been around since 2009. Mm-hmm. 
I did my homework. See, um, they could they could have sent me the same letter or, or I could have been in trouble. But anyway, that's just kind of how that works. But of course, this did get us thinking a little bit about, uh, you know, OK, they trademarked the phrase. OK, that's fine. They have a business to run, whatever. Uh, but, you know, maybe uh, maybe that helps us think a little bit about what we're doing on Sunday mornings and other times that we gather for worship <clears throat> as the church, as just to be careful, leaders of worship um, <laughs> or even participants uh, of worship. Um, so, guys, maybe you can help us think a little bit through this about, you know, what does it mean to lead worship? Uh, what does it mean to be in worship? And then do we get around talking about, you know, the there is a reality right now happening in a lot of the worship of the church that includes uh, sort of a commercialization of, of, of our worship, right? We're following trends uh, sometimes more than we're following, I would say, uh, the spirit, maybe, or and certainly even our tradition. So uh, that's a lot to throw at you. But uh, I'll, Brad, you can start us off. Just kind of where would you, where would you first go with with some of that about wor leading worship and and all that? Oh wow, uh, <clears throat> that's such a narrow topic. <laughs> Just trying to think where to start. You know, when you come to when you come to church, what's the first thing you expect to see? Well, you expect to see other folks that you've known and and people you've known, and so it's easy to get distracted from what what the real purpose is to be there. And then you get to worrying about, especially if you're in the position of a worship leader or a leader of worship. You know, our our tendency, at least my tendency, has always been to struggle with that balance of. We got to get this done and we got to do it right. We have to do it according to the order of worship. We have to do this, that, and the other. We have to make sure that, you know, on, on Christmas Eve, we have enough candles and we have lighters, little clicker lighter things to light the candles with, you know, and uh, at least get us started with where's the acolytes and all of those things. It is so easy to get caught up in the minutiae or in the details of how to put together worship that we forget that our first and foremost and primary purpose of worship is worship, you know, that, that we put God first, that we come there to glorify and honor and worship and praise God. And, uh, and we do that together as community because we believe in this and we believe in God and we want to be God's people. So it's hard for, you know, that, I think that's a, that's a struggle that, that a lot of young pastors had. I remember having that uh, for years when I first started out and, and I still sometimes struggle with that, you know, <clears throat> who's speaking when and where and do we have little cues in our in our orders of worship and stuff do we have a script do we have this that and i get to thinking i'm i'm majoring in the minors here and i'm forgetting the main point or or is what's his name stephen covey used to say you know the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing mm -hmm. and so i think leading worship is about really making sure you concentrate on the real reason you're there it is not about making sure that we sing the right hymns and all the right verses and in the right key that everybody has a bulletin and order of worship that that the screen the projector the the powerpoint works well and it's about you know coming and praising and glorifying god and if we can't get that right why are we here you know, I mean, it's a it's a simple thing like that that starts it. But and then it goes into all the other details. What does it mean to glorify God? Can we come to church and only be half there? You know, be thinking about 
I think, you know, I'm thinking Cracker Barrel after church. What are you thinking? You know, I mean, <laughs> those kinds of things. Is our mind totally there? Um, so as a worship leader, if we're not focused on what we're doing there, the congregation that we're trying to lead in worship may not be either. So, Tom, what should a congregation expect from uh, their worship leader? But one of the things, you know, uh, I think one of the expectations yeah, for folks is that they're going to be drawn in to, to an experience. And, uh, and the, I guess the responsibility of the onus is on the person up front, whoever the person is, whether it's a pastor or somebody uh, who's leading with the, the drums, guitar, whatever. Uh, and so that's the expect, expectation. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, one of the things I appreciate is when uh, those who are, who are in front are prepared for the moment. And, uh, and preparation, of course, is, is knowing, is, is familiar, uh, being familiar with the music you're going to play, having at least gone through it in some way, um, uh, so that so that there's um, you know that that it doesn't sound like it's a rehearsal that it sounds like <laughs> it's a worship experience and uh, but the other aspect that uh, both for the person who is who is coming in as a worshiper and the person who is leading worship is that there's the sense of preparation happens long before you step through the door. Um, and, and not everyone can, can, I mean, something can throw you off that morning. You know, the, the, you know if you're a parent with a, a, a baby, uh, the, the baby had a bad night, and so you've had a bad night. Those kind of things happen. But on the other hand, it, it, there is this general rhythm of every day is a worship experience, and how do I, how do I, how do I build, incorporate this idea of, of worship not being just a Sunday morning experience, but it is it is my life, and uh, and and the worship leader at, at minimum has to be in in uh, in, in a daily uh, worship experience for himself or for herself or for for that group, uh, whatever that looks like. So. So worship, you know, that's to me uh, part of the expectation uh, as a person who is following the leader. In my my expectation is on some level they have not only prepared the music but prepared the heart. Ooh, take a deep breath, just so I won't start a rant because that word there. Uh, is um, preparation is the thing that drives me the most nuts. Uh, when I have, we've had people and probably in every church I've served where, you know, yeah, they've agreed they've said, yes, I'll lead worship. Then they get there and it becomes very apparent. They have not prepared. And, mm -hmm. you know, and that preparation, it doesn't have to take very long at all. But when you show up and this is the first time you're seeing these words on a page or whatever it is, it's like, how can you actually lead? Um, in a way that honors what we're there to do. So I won't rant about that. I think um, I think you said it well. Uh, you just um, did, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, because I could do so much. Oh, more. I know, yeah, yeah. It just bothers me because, uh, you know, Brad, you used the the phrase, the main thing. Uh, I've been doing confirmation with the kids, and I use that phrase because we're, we're talking about worship. I keep mm-hmm. the main thing, the main thing, and for Christians, for a Christian heart, the main thing is worship. That's right. right? That's what we do. That's so as, as a worship leader, like how can you, how can you help us keep this the main thing? If you're not even like prepared to do that, if you have you know, kept it, you're the main thing yourself. I think the hardest thing for us to remember as a church, because we can get so wrapped up in all of the mission and ministry and, and, and social uh, action and things that we're doing in the community, which are all absolutely valuable. But if they're not coming out of a sense of being related to God in this concept of worship and, and being united with God and having God giving us that vision and that ministry and mission, then we're not really that much different than any other social organization. What separates the church from every other organization in the world is the fact that we center our lives on worship. We start with worship. And out of worship grows this, this sense of accountability and, and love and, and want to be a part of community and, and want to serve community. It becomes from the relationship that we have with God first. I think another thing that I've noticed about all of this, that, that worship leaders ought to be more aware of and seldom are, it seems in my opinion, or my, at least in my experiences of other, other experiences of worship, is that seldom are we aware of the power and the presence of the Holy spirit moving Mm. in the moment and, and to be willing to step back and let the Holy spirit take charge of that, you know, and and I think the greatest incident of that in the 21st century thus far was what happened up at Asbury. What, you know, a month ago, two months ago, or a month and a half ago, where their worship service, you know, had been, had been done. Everybody was there and, and the worship was, concluding but the holy spirit took over and the leadership of the worship service knew enough to step back and let that happen instead of trying to say okay y'all got to get to class um you know we've got other things to do we need to get in here and get to clean this up for the next chapel service or whatever and i've got just step back and let the holy spirit do what it wants to do what it needs to do, what it's supposed to do. Yeah, but Brad, on a Sunday morning, we've got to get to announcements, man. I know. Well, we worse than that. We, you know, when our when all of our alarms used to start going off. You remember when digital watches all had alarms on? Yeah, you know, and everybody be doing that. Uh, and every once in a while, you see somebody looking at their watch and giving you that kind of look there, and then they're going like this, you know, and is this thing working? Um, you know, or phones now going off. Dee 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 dee. You know. Like mine just did. Well, actually, exactly. that's Well, you know, I mean, you think about you think about how time rigid we have become that we don't have time for the spirit. So, how does a worship leader sort of, uh, Tom? If you want to jump in, like, how does a worship yeah. leader sense that or identify that or well, know that that's yeah. something that should happen? It, it was, again, it kind of comes back to you know, have you been preparing during the week? So that your heart is sensitive. Have you developed an ability to listen to to God during the week? Uh, You know, is God shaping your life in a worshipful way during the week? Uh, You know, and I always come back to that. You know, people people aren't going to get much out of a worship experience very often if they're not investing in worship to begin with during the week. 
And I'm not talking about the worship leader or the pastor. I'm talking about the person Congregations. who comes and, 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 and sits in the pew um, and thinks of it. I mean, it, it's, it's the difference between watching a baseball game and playing second base. You know, it, it, you know there's a world of difference in, in being present and active and participating in what's happening. Um, so that's, you know, that's, you know, that's what I always come back to is, uh, are you, are you investing in worship, the worship experience during the week and different people worship in different ways. Um, and I don't know if my guess is at some point you've heard this, uh, I feel closer to God on the golf course than I do uh, in uh, in the sanctuary, and you certainly use His name more, don't you? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> well, and, and and the thing is, I understand <laughs> that is one way of experiencing worship. What they're really talking about is not the the playing of the game, but being out and experiencing the nature uh, of our nature. Uh, and, and we experience it in different ways. But Sunday morning is about coming together um, specifically because I am going to be with other people who right. want to say Jesus is Lord. And I'm going to do it through song. I'm going to pay attention to the scripture. I, I'm going to be willing to interact at least mentally with whatever uh, the message is. And, and so all of these, these things, it, it, it's just it's, 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 a, it's a mindset. It's saying, I will worship the Lord and I will wish worship in the congregation. Because you, you see that throughout the, um, throughout the Psalms is this idea of I'm going to be among the people of God declaring the glory of God. Yeah. Um, did I even come close to what you asked? Yeah, I think you do. I think you do well, uh, because so. because also made me think of I think some people have a misconception uh, that, you know, if you, um, you know, if you speak with uh, speak spontaneously, then it's from the heart. But if you have to prepare something, then that's not really like that's not oh, coming okay. from the heart. Right. And you hear that with prayer, even with preaching. Right. Like some, mm. I remember one time I had a had a guy, we were doing something after a service and I happened, I was preaching and I had my notes there on the pulpit and whatever we were doing, the guy saw the notes. He's like, what's this? I'm like, my notes with the sermons that I thought you like preach from the heart. Like this was something you, I was like, well, I mean, if it's Where not there. Where do you think those notes came from? <laughs> well, yeah, but they also taught us, look, I'm going to tell you, like, if those notes aren't there on that paper, then you're going to be sitting in that pew for a lot longer because I got right. a lot in my heart to say. That's right. right. That's but there's right. misconception that if yeah. that if you prepare, well then you're not you're not actually leaving room for the spirit, right? You're actually trying to take control. And I think that's uh that's yeah. unfair and that's not oh very much so. Yeah. Well, I think there's another thing that, that Tom hit on here and, and it and it, it's very important for us it, it, to worship during the week. We have to recognize that being in church on Sunday morning, if that's the only time we do it, we're not worshiping even during the week, even because, you know, if we miss the opportunity to be in community while we worship, what are we doing there? Well, it's really more like passive consumerism. You know, we're just spectating something else that's going on and not being a participant in it. Sure. And, and that's a, that's a danger for, yeah, for everybody. 
Yeah. When, and one of the things that happens when that, when that, when that is your mindset is you're coming there to worship because you haven't done that at all during the week. And this is the one time. And, and I appreciate that people are showing up and, and doing the, and doing that. Uh, but, but the tendency is if it's not the right music, if it's not the right tone is instead of being a worshiper, I'm going to be a complainer. And, uh, and, and that happens, uh, you know, happens within the context of, of church gatherings a lot. I mean, almost, yeah. um, you know, just there's certain, I can re- recall uh, those moments when people are going out and they just have to tell uh, the leader of worship, you know, I just didn't like that song. I wish you would sing songs that we knew. And, uh, and, 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 and that, you know, that's a consistent uh, uh, complaint. And, 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 and there is one way of saying that without it, with, with it being, a, you know, a, an actual help versus this is just me grumbling about the way things are. And, and that's, to, and that's to, to follow it up, you know, well, to say is uh, you did it this way and, and that's okay. But, I, you know, I, I would suggest try this. And uh, I mean, that's, that's what Daniel and his companions did is, is like, we're, we're not complaining about the king's table, but let us try it this sure. way. And you see... Uh, right. If it's, you know, it's, it, check us out. And if it's okay, then we'll continue. So um, there is one other thing I want to say, going back to the, uh, to the uh, uh, revival at Asbury. Mm-hmm. One of the very uh, important things that, that let's say the administration or the leadership uh, did is uh, they allowed the Holy Spirit to lead but they also helped uh, uh, put structure to that, so people knew what was, you know, what was was going on. And they had ABCs, and I remember the A was always about Jesus. That was the A. So, and that's that should be, uh, you know, we can use that. And and then uh, B was, you know, if you're going to uh, give a testimony, B brief, and, and then. Um, I don't remember what C was and D was don't, uh, don't preach, uh, you know, don't just come down at people. So, so, you know, they gave very specific, clear direction. And within that, that those parameters, you know, the spirit moved in a very powerful way and people weren't confused. I think, I think though, I, I would say it just, slightly differently that that it wasn't that the spirit moved within the parameters it's that the, the leadership recognized how to augment the work of the spirit already and say let's give it some structure let's work with the spirit in this and keep it yeah, going yeah. instead of having you know the spirit well listen you can only operate this way no, I, so I, and i don't think that's what happened but i i agree with you i think you know to be ready for the movement of the holy spirit and to be able to support and sustain and strengthen the ministry that's happening that is not in our control by helping to augment with it, you know, to give some guidelines, parameters, 
um, boundaries, whatever you want to call it, um, just direction. I love the fact that they were open and honest with the administration and the administration said, do you need more room? And they offered more rooms, you know, for worship to take place. The people started bringing in food and that kind of stuff because they recognized these kids are hungry. You know, they've been here for 48 hours, 72 hours or whatever. And, and I think that is, is not working against the Holy Spirit or trying to control the Holy Spirit, but really, in essence, serving the need of the community as the Holy Spirit does its ministry and its, and its work. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, one of the things I've done as a worship leader, actually in the, the past two churches, the church I'm serving currently and the church I served before, is uh, I actually got rid of the order of worship. Mm. I didn't get rid of it. I just stopped printing it for everybody. Mm-hmm. because you don't like it when people check it off you know i okay, can see i could i could see the heads doing this right, the whole right. time mm-hmm. i would yeah. see the, the bulletins left afterwards and the pin marks and everything i just mm-hmm. got well maybe you know maybe if as a worship leader um and and even like with you know the powerpoint and screens and everything mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times you would put you know sermon or offering or what mm-hmm. stop doing that as well it's like you know let the worship leaders like lead us in a way that, that that explains like what we're doing we don't need to see that right as another way like you said kind of to check off and so um uh and and you know there's a lot of people who didn't like that you still don't like that i'm sure but it's just it's one of those ways i was hoping for congregations didn't mm-hmm. say you know what maybe i don't need to worry about what's next that i have a worship leader for that i can just it's organic I can learn to be in tune to how the spirit might lead our, our worship yeah. together. Go ahead, Tom. Well, well, you know, as a, as one of those who, who's there uh, and I know what you're, you're saying. Yeah. There isn't a bulletin uh, that tells us all, you know, this is happening. This is happening. And yet there's a consistent structure that, that we, you know, uh, we may not know it exactly, but we flow with it consistently enough that it's, it's not like I, I'm not wondering what comes next. I kind of have a feel of what comes next. And, um, and yet there's enough uh, breathing room that if it's a little bit different or, or tweaked a little bit for whatever reason, um, you know, I, you know, I don't go, I don't go, well, that's not the way the, the bulletin says. So, so there is room for, <laughs> for uh, a little bit of change. The, the other thing I will say is as, as, a, as a retired pastor who's not leading worship, um, I know what it is to be aware of the, at least for me, to be aware of the clock. And, uh, and I'm glad I don't worry about that anymore. <laughs> I'm glad that somebody else's concern. You know, I don't really worry about the clock myself. I don't know if you've ever noticed, Tom, but uh, because I feel like uh, somebody, I don't know, one of you guys maybe even used the word too, but that idea of the rhythm of worship. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I appreciate that. And so what I like to just let the rhythm do what it's going to do. And uh, matter of fact, I think this Sunday, yesterday, uh, we that rhythm took us to about, I don't know, 48 minutes, something like that, right? I, hey, you know, whatever. Sometimes it takes us to 75 minutes every once in a while. And, you know, it's just whatever it is, whatever that rhythm is, it, it's okay. All right. Well, so, and, and, oh, and see, uh, in the past, I was very aware of the clock. 
And, uh, and if, if, uh, well, one is we didn't have uh, verbalized prayer concerns. If you had a prayer concern, you can write it on a uh, sheet of paper. And so that, because, you know, and for me, I'm going, that's part of the worship experience at, at Kelsey Memorial is, is prayer time or prayer requests and, 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 and not being uh, tied, first of all, not being in charge, and second, not being tied to, the, to a clock. If I need to leave early, I, and, and I did recently, then I just get up and I go out the back. But otherwise, worship, I'm there uh, till, the, till the end, and I'm more relaxed about that. I mean, that's, that's where we should be. Uh, that's not always where we are. So based on what you said a little while ago, Brad, I think what I have to do is find a way to surprise Tom in worship this Sunday. Call <laughs> on him. I'll, I'll do something like, right. surprise. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Didn't see that coming, did you? That's right. I did Tom is now going to give us an expose on the uh, the Apostle of John and the yes. <laughs> And, uh, and the book of Jude. Can you come up here, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll do the, uh, I'll do what I did to my philosophy professor when he asks uh, certain questions on a on a major exam. Well, I don't know anything about that question, but <laughs> well, let me tell you what I do know about ask this. Me this. <laughs> I love it. I, I got a zero. I I got a flat out zero on that, and he decided. <laughs> He decided to throw that out, and the next test counted double. So. There we go. All right, so let's uh, start winding down with some last words then about what it is to lead worship and what we're hoping um, worship leaders, whether that's you know the clergy. I don't, I don't know if we've emphasized enough maybe today that you know the the, the lady there. There, I mean, you're a part of worshiping. Excuse me, leading worship too. If you're a liturgist and you're or you're doing a uh, you're doing a call to worship, uh, even if you're in the choir, you're singing, you're you're leading worship in some way, or or even you know the acolytes, they're bringing that light and taking that light out. You're leading some aspect of the people's worship of God that day, and that's all meaningful. Um, and I, and I hope we can see it as such. So, um, Brad, what's some final words you got for us about all that? Just piggybacking on what you just now said, everything that we're supposed to be doing, and I, and I use the word supposed to be, and it's probably the wrong word. Everything that we um, are called to do as worship leaders is to bring people on a journey to the throne of grace, to meet God. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it is anything other than that, maybe we need to rethink that. Just that the idea of coming to worship is to bring people to the, to the, the curtain that has been torn open uh, to meet God and to let God love them and, and then love on God. You know, I think that's part of if that's not part of what we're supposed to be about, I'm not sure that we're in the right business. We're not just there to be the church ju- jukebox. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just a channel that we watch you know, that we can change it. You know what I mean? It's very uh, good. It's, it's something more along the lines of a journey. Mm, Amen. Tom, what you got? Last words. No, I was going to say, Brad did a great job of just summing up, summing it up. That's, 
Let's go into the presence of God together. Let's journey together. And my camera's falling as you say that. So that must be the Holy Spirit saying, wrap it up, John. Come on. I'm trying to lead you well here. That's fine. Let's go into the house of the Lord. Yeah. So if you're watching right now and you're planning to be with your church Sunday for worship, which you should be planning to do, I think, um, get ready, right? Prepare for that, right? In some way throughout the week. You need to have your own worship as well or with your family and have moments of worship throughout the week. That's a part of just being a child of God and being in the presence of God always. And so that when you get there on Sunday, you bring all of that with you. And the whole church brings that with them and just something, I don't know, something great happens when the church worships like that. So, all right, fellas, God is glorified. Amen to that. Amen. All right, fellas, thank you for the gift of your time. Always good. Uh, We're going to be all right. This is number 101 and uh, we're, 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 we're almost there, man. We're making waves. I think we're on our way to 200. Yeah, watch out. Watch out. We're, we're in our second hundreds. That's, That's right. right. So my camera's falling again. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, have a great rest of the week. We'll see you later. And God be with you.